You know, I think you cannot forget to plan for your future self. Um, and this goes at the immediate future, right? Making sure that you have, um, you can pay your rent and you can eat, right? But also, um, you know, mid-range future self and then long-range future self. Um, it's not enough just to ask yourself, like, how you want to be in the next couple of years. You got to think, like, what do I want to have done in the next five years, in the next 10 years? And um, who do I want to be around? How much money do I want to be making? Um, what kinds of hobbies do I want to be doing, right? And what does all that cost? Um, it's important to think about your future self and it's not enough to just live in the moment with something like this. I don't say it to discourage people from approaching the entrepreneurial lifestyle, but I say it so that you're, you're in the mode of planning and thinking through certain contingencies that can always come up. Well, here's what I found in doing research for the Hope Driven Leader. I found something that was fascinating because so many of us have heard you can form a habit in 21 days. Have you ever heard that, George? I have. Yeah, I think everybody has. And here's where it came from. I tracked this down to see if that was true. And it came from a book that was written in the 60s, which I remember vividly because I snuck it home. My dad was a psychiatrist, scientist, not a fan of self-help, which he considered uh, quackery. So this book called Psycho-Cybernetics, I kept under my bed and snuck it out at night to read it because I was all about how do I get better every day. And it was written by a plastic surgeon who noticed that when he performed cosmetic surgery on his patients, it took most of them about 21 days to be a, a, become accustomed to their new nose or chin or implant or whatever it was. And over the years, like kind of like a game of telephone, it got misinterpreted and mistranslated into, hey, start a diet, start a fitness plan, start a, a money-saving track. In 21 days, you'll, you'll have it. It'll be a habit. And it's just not true, which is why a lot of people give up on their goals because their expectations are wrong. <laughs> But what you really need to do, there are four simple steps, and I outline these in the book, but basically you need to pick the right action, the right habit that you want to form, and then tie it to a trigger. So if you say, I want to eat fruit for breakfast, you know, have it sliced up in the fridge, and when you go down for your morning cup of coffee, you pull that out of the refrigerator every morning at 6.30, or you go out for your walk or your run. Tie it to a trigger so that you put it in context. Next, step two is repetition. Just repeat it over time. It can take as much as three months for it to feel natural. Then you begin to expand it, the expansion phase where you increase the intensity, the time, the strength of the habit you're forming, whether it's running or saving money. You just intensify that habit. And then step four is when you reach what the scientists call automaticity. It just becomes natural. You don't even think about it. It's like clicking your seatbelt when you get in the car. And once you recognize what it means, how long it takes, and what the simple steps are, it is so much easier. And those little steps can add up to really big results. It's really tough to think about the future when you're trapped in the grind of, of day to day, you know, or again, going back to the survival mode I talked about earlier, you're in the grind of day to day. Um, and it's hard to think about anything past just getting through that day, you know, getting your job done, you know, whatever that may be that you have right in front of you. Um, but there is evidence that visualizing your future self can help you reach your financial goals. And so it was just fascinating, um, you know, say like visualizing yourself as an older person, you know, in retirement or even just visualizing yourself 10 years from now where you want to be. Um, it can be really powerful. So 
people have done things like vision boarding. Um, but even if that's not your thing, you could do something like changing your desktop background. I know of some financial planners who will have their clients put like, you know, a picture of their kid on the front of the financial plan, which I think is really powerful and impactful or whatever it may be for you. You know, maybe it's a family, maybe it's you're working towards a vacation, maybe you want to buy a home or pay off debt, whatever it may be. Having some sort of visual cue that you can see on a daily basis desktop background, or maybe even just jotting down a few words on a sticky note and putting it on your bathroom mirror. Um, you really would be amazed with the power of, um, daily reminders, visual daily reminders, and you can see that it's much easier to reach those, those future goals and think about those choices that you're making on a day-to-day basis and whether they're serving those future goals. So that would be my tip that I would recommend. Automate, automate, automate. Uh, <laughs> I told you all to pay yourselves first, and I think that it will make all the difference if you go ahead and automate that right off the bat. Uh, don't wait for, like you said, what's left over after bills are paid and say, what can I save? Uh, because something is always going to come up. Automate your savings. The same way you get direct deposit of your paycheck uh, into your checking account, directly deposit some money into your savings, directly deposit into your 401k or whatever your retirement plan is. Automate, automate, automate and tell yourself you are worth it. I am going to pay myself first because when I look down the road to later on when I don't want to work or when I have an emergency and there's all these things that come up, what am I going to be able to count on? Who am I going to be able to count on? I better do this now to plan for my future. Uh, The great unknown in the life insurance business is is costs. Uh, These illustrations are uh, misleading, fundamentally inappropriate, and unreliable, according to three different industry organizations, industry authorities. Uh, they don't look at costs. If you can look at costs, uh, if you're if you're a consumer and you're looking at costs, you have you, you you have the chance of making a better decision. If you're an advisor and you're helping clients navigate good prices from bad, then I think you've got a business. So my difference making tip is. Progress is made in very small increments, one step at a time, one day at a time, and to not focus on trying to accomplish 10 years of work in one year's worth of time. The thing is, you want to, again, what we've been uh, talking about uh, before is let's get something started. don't wait, uh, you know, don't put off your plan saying, well, this is, this plan isn't perfect. Uh, I need to work on some more. Well, just, just do something, uh, get it started. Don't, uh, it's the old saying, don't let, uh, perfection be the enemy of, you know, not getting anything done. So you want to, you know, have something, just start something even if it doesn't turn out to be exactly the right way you want to do it, at least you started and you can always make adjustments, always be flexible. Uh, you need to have flexibility anyway, in case an emergency comes up, which gets back to the emergency fund. So <laughs> the main, so the main tip is just get something started today and, and then you can always tweak it as you go along, but just get something in place. And, and so you have something cooking. Yeah, well, uh, we, we spent you know most of our time today just talking about the core, which I think is the is the place to start. And you know, there are just a couple of tools that um, I have found to be to be really 
are really helpful in in this in this regard. And so, um, I you know I would encourage your listeners to consider going to Colby K O L B E dot com. Uh, you're you're probably familiar with Colby. I find a lot of people in the financial services industry have become aware of, of Colby profiles. And uh, what a Colby profile does is it helps you uncover um, how you instinctively solve problems. Now, it will not talk about your intellect. It won't talk about your personality type. But it will help you identify the types of things that you do when you're at your best. So when you're evaluating that intersection of excellence and passion, I found the Colby to be a really helpful helpful tool for people to uh, get some understanding about what you know what their unique ability is. So if you don't do anything else, um, you know your listeners might check out uh, the Colby assessment to get a handle on you know kind of what their unique gifts are, and that's a starting point. But that would be that would be something I would I would encourage your 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 audience to to check out. Well, I think I want to take it back to my habit creation um, strategy. Instead of, you know, whatever it is that you want to change in, in your life, uh, I will take it back to instead of thinking of it as a big goal, just try to figure out how you can make and maybe transform that goal into just small habit that you can take action on and that you feel that it's easy to take action on um, so that you can start making changes. Because, you know, if you make a goal too big or, you know, so, something that's, doesn't feel like it's attainable, you're just going to get discouraged. So instead of thinking of creating goals, just create habits and, you know, take it one, you know, one step at a time. I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, given what I just talked about, Malkiel talking about the importance of cost and turnover. I think the easiest thing for investors to do is when they're looking at a potential investment, see what the costs are, see what the trading costs are, and then remember that each additional 1% is going to reduce your end return over 20 years by 17%. So, you know, along the lines of this conversation that we've been having about talking to your parents, my biggest tip is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to talk to your parents about your finances. Don't assume that you have time to wait because if you wait, it will be much more difficult. You want to have these conversations when your mom and dad are in good health when they are mentally competent to have these conversations, it will go a lot smoother and you will be prepared and you will actually be able to step in and help them. Because if you don't have these conversations, you really will regret it. It's going to be harder for you. It's going to be harder for your parents. And it will be a lot more difficult for you to help them if they need the help. Okay. I think if I had one, I wrote a book called Investment Mistakes Even Smart People Make and How to Avoid Them. It contains 77 mistakes. It'll make you a much better investor. But if I had to pick one of those 77, it would be that uh, you should avoid the mistake of confusing information with knowledge or what I call value relevant information. So a simple way to think about it is this. You want to buy a stock, say it's uh, some pharmaceutical company because you know it's got a great pipeline of drugs and they're going to change the world and cure cancer. It's got a strong balance sheet, good management. You list 50 good reasons and I tell you, I agree those are all true, but it's completely irrelevant. And the reason is, if you know it, then the smart guys at Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley and the hedge funds know it. That information's already in the price and it's too late for you to act. 
If you think that isn't true, you are truly the sucker at the poker table. <laughs> the only way it's not true is if it's inside information. And Martha Stewart found out what happens if you <laughs> trade on that. If you were investing in a stock, if that were your interest, there is nothing, nothing more important, no judgment that is more important than trusting the managers who run the business. If you are interested in giving your money to a broker or an advisor, there is nothing more important than understanding whether you trust that broker or advisor. Think in terms of the word trust. Apply your resources to those things and people you trust. Um, from a business point of view, and maybe this is good for life too, I ex expect the unexpected. So I've, this is my fourth company, but it's the first one I've started as a SaaS software business. The other ones were either content businesses or consulting businesses or my freelance writing business. And while there were unexpected challenges and people were a little crazy sometimes, um, nothing was like starting this kind of a business. And uh, everything you've ever heard about startups is true. And even when you've had experience running and starting four other, three other businesses, it's, it's different. So expect the unexpected. Um, and this one you'll like for, from the personal side, um, you know, I made a habit early on when I was in my, in my first job of saving between 20 and 25% of my gross income every single year. And I was very fortunate in that I married a man who believed that you should live way below your means, just like I did. And I have seriously traveled the world and I've, I've done very well, but because we always lived well below our means and we still do today. When it came time to start this business, I had a lot of options. And one of the options was writing a really big check for it. And it allowed me to not have to go look for money while I, I was waiting to start a business that could help potentially tens of millions of people around the United States and, and frankly the world because we've already been asked to go to Canada, the UK and Australia and we're starting to work towards that. And so I would just say to everybody that the very best decision I ever made was to live well below my means. It's enabled me to put my kids through school without debt and start this business and travel the world. And and now whenever I am ready to retire, which um, I don't think is going to happen anytime soon, <laughs> Maybe not as soon as I or, my, I or my husband would like, but you know, it's, it's enabled us to retire and know that when the time comes, we'll be totally fine. And I, that is the ultimate in financial wellness or well-being is having options and opportunities. And so starting young was the smart way to do it. Test read terms of use. <laughs> really. I know that people don't like to read contracts. It's uh, the, the agreements, nothing. They don't read this stuff. They don't like to read. I understand this. I don't like it myself, but we really have to. This way we can protect our assets. We can protect our finance credit score because many people, um, have ruined their credit score, credit scores because of um, paid loans, personal loans, because they didn't pay attention. I would say from a difference-making standpoint, is know your options. Make sure you've educated yourself on all the choices that you have and work with someone who is going to help you make a decision that's going to put you in a better place, not just today, but in the future. Well, when you buy life insurance, your the rate is dependent on your health. Two quick things. One is that if you smoke, you're going to pay almost double what other people pay for the same amount of coverage. So it's just one more reason to quit. Uh, 
The other thing is uh, the insurance companies look at your build, and they all have height-weight uh, ratios and charts that affect your rate. So again, it's just another reason to live a healthy lifestyle, not only for your own health, but for your pocketbook. Sure. Well, it's just uh, you know having that profit plan. Uh, there's there's obviously we talked about a lot of roles within blogging, that administration, accounting, uh, the content management. But I think people wait too long to have that profit plan. You know how you're how you're going to make money from different sources. So you uh, you go after self-publishing. You integrate uh, that into your content calendar, which basically that just means okay. I have this book idea that I want to write. I have these 10 chapters that I want to do, and this is all through through research. Uh, and you make those chapters your your content for the next two months. You know, every week you, you post, you write a chapter and post it on your blog. That way, after two months, boom, you've got a you've got a book written. You just reformat it, turn it into a book, and get it out there. Uh, you've got affiliate marketing. You've got courses. Basically, you just need to spend you know spend two weeks focusing on the learning about the different ways people make money online, uh, pick at least three or four and build that into your strategy from day one. Uh, that's going to start that money coming in, coming in as soon as possible. And it's going to motivate you to, uh, to keep going. Get over your fear of death and do something good for the people you care about by putting some basic documents in place. Absolutely. Ask the question, how much Am I paying you in total fees and commissions and annual um, administrative costs? Ask all about all those six fees and you will be where. My difference making tip comes from that theory of social capital. There is a, a wealth that's generated because people are connected to other people. And while most of us then think, how can I extract value out of that network, out of who I know and out of those connections? The people that actually thrive are the people that focus on the whole network around them and say, how can I contribute value, invest it into the network around me, take care of that and trust that it'll take care of me. So don't think about how you can have your network help you. Think about how you can serve the network. And in the long term, it's going to go way better for you. This may kind of sound revolutionary, but it's worked for me. Don't take the advice of someone, especially money advice at face value. I think people need to learn about money and I think you need to decide for yourself if that statement is true or false. I used to listen to a lot of financial gurus. I used to try to do what everyone was, you know, said I had to do. And I've I've gone down the path of some of them, but I've also stepped back and said, what really makes sense? Question it, think about it, take some time to make sure that you're owning what your money values and principles are. <laughs> yes. Okay. So mindset wise, mindset, um, in terms of the, uh, the money mindset piece of it. Okay. So studies tell us that anytime we pay a bill or use money in any way, just as human beings, if you're a human being, you feel pain, right? Hmm. So the way around that, because again, the key is we want to stay feeling good. We want to keep money coming to us in abundance, right? We want to start generating sales or more sales or getting more profitable. So you no longer wanna use the word spend. You wanna take the word spend out of your vocabulary. Spend means what? Use up, deplete, down to zero. 
So instead of saying you're spending money, start to use the word circulate, that you're circulating money. Whenever you pay a bill, I'm circulating this money back to me or back to my business. And that way you're no longer feeling that pain that most people are feeling when paying a bill. You're actually feeling better. Years ago, um, I have have a lot of clients that ask me this, and uh, a a common refrain I get worded in different ways is, how much is enough to to leave your kids from an inheritance standpoint to help them but not hurt them? And I've thought about that a lot through the years, and, and the only way I've really seen and heard how to answer that question appropriately is however much you've prepared them for. Uh, I've seen people inherit $50,000 and some inherit millions of dollars and it doesn't affect their life. $50,000, it ruins somebody's life. So uh, the difference-making tip I'd say is money has very little to do with zeros and everything to do with attitude. Um, There's never enough. Uh, There are people with millions of dollars that worry about funding their retirement. (laughs) Um, so money has very little to do with zeros. Bray, what I would challenge your listeners and families to do is start preparing our kids, whether it's an inheritance and whether it's for life, start preparing our kids with that intention out of it. Break this taboo cycle, if you will, of money and family. A lot of times they're sort of like oil and water. And we just don't talk about it. Start having real conversations with your kids. Don't be, give up the embarrassment Uh, that you might have about your personal situation or your lack of knowledge and learn with your kids dive in Uh, but if 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 you will accept that challenge wholeheartedly and embrace it i think you'll be amazed at one the willingness of your kids to want to learn and two uh, what you and your kids can learn together through this process i've just seen that happen over and over and over so be intentional break that cycle and and start preparing the next generation My difference-making tip is to not let anyone tell you that you can't do what's in your heart to do. People have told us we couldn't graduate with education and a double minor, and we did. We couldn't, we'd never make it as missionaries, and we did. You can't start a business in another country in another language, and we did. You know, if if this is something that that you know you have been called to do, um, don't let anybody tell you no. Well, I think the difference-making tip is what I've been talking about all along. If you have a child, it doesn't matter how old they are, get that child to start putting money into an IRA. And you can, you can read the book to figure out exactly how to do it. All right. So I would say, you know, if you've got this idea in your mind, you want to start something, you want to start this business, I would say just take the first step. Get out there, um, you know, and that first step could look different depending on where you're coming from. Um, I think if you've got a skill you've already, you know, you've honed to a degree, find somebody you can help, you know, either paid or unpaid, but just get out there and try it. Um, you know, and if you're doing a little bit of soul searching, ask five friends these questions. Just ask them, you know, what do you think are my biggest strengths? What would you come to me, you know, to help, for help with? And then see what they tell you and start looking in those places to see what your, your great side hustle idea, idea could be. Well, here's the key. So we've been talking about saving money. The thing is, though, when you are saving your money, focus on the percentage of money you save as it pertains to your gross income per year. Because that's rather than the dollar amount. Because that way, you're going to be able to understand how well you're doing throughout the years. For example, if you're making $50,000 a year right now and you save $12,000 a year, that's pretty sweet. I think that's like 24% of your gross income. Now, if you're still saving $12,000 a year, 
when you're making $250,000 a year. That's terrible. That's about 4.8% of your income. So as long as you keep track of the percentage that you save, and ideally you target 20 to 30% if you really want to do well for yourself, that's going to allow you to adjust the dollars saved over time. And that's a key factor, especially when it comes to increasing income down the road. Well, what I always say when people say, what's the big thing that I can do to make money or make, get myself wealthy? I say, pay yourself first. Mm. Always, every month, make sure that you've got your standing orders are your friend. Um, set up a standing order so that it happens automatically, that you, you transfer some money at the beginning of the month before you spend anything. Um, transfer some money into savings account, um, pension, uh, investments, whatever. This is all paying you, your future self, and your future self will thank you. Don't wait until the end of the month because nobody has money at the end of the month. has to be done at the beginning um, so that you pay yourself before you pay the supermarkets and the bars and the restaurants and the uh, hotel chains, etc. A uh, different tip, I, I think, is dealing with plan sponsors is that they really have to understand that their plan, uh, they still have to get off the idea that they could set up their plan and forget about it. Um, to me, a retirement plan, a 401k plan is like a garden. You can't just plant seeds and just you know forget about it. You constantly have to uh, water. You constantly have to maintain. Uh, and that's the same thing with a retirement plan. Retirement plan, you can't set it and forget it. Retirement plans change. The population of your uh, employee staff changes. And costs uh, are still uh, a consideration. And there's so many different ways that a retirement plan could go wrong. And you know when I see what a 401k plan – uh, I'm, my biggest concern for the plan sponsor isn't some type of, uh, you know, uh, class action lawsuit. It's something as simple as putting deferrals in a couple of days late. Uh, so they always have to get past the idea that they can just set up a plan and just simply forget about it. Um, well, I think the difference making uh, uh, tip is to understand the difference between um, how you spend the first 20 or 30 years of your your life as an investor uh, trying to build to build a portfolio and thinking about total return and reading about Wall Street and hearing from investment advisors and all that stuff and and realizing that there's going to come a, a point in time when you turn you change from being you know an investor with an investment based approach to being you know a retiree to be who has to start thinking about a retirement plan that has more dimensionality than just uh, an investment portfolio. Um, so you need to understand that turning point that happens somewhere as you start to get close to retirement. Changing from investment-based to goals-based and using the four uh, risk management uh, portfolios and techniques, the different techniques, um, to um, uh, allocate your resources to more than just investing goals. And that, that, that will make all the difference. Well, my biggest thing is um, this isn't rocket science. It's not brain surgery, um, but it doesn't mean it's not complex. So while it, maybe this sounds self-serving, I don't mean it that way. It's okay to ask for help. I mean, there's, there, like I said, there's a lot of, a lot of people that uh, are out there advertising services and things and trying to make you think like, well, you're a chump. If you, if you ask for help, you're wasting money or something like that. And I really believe that people are, are making a huge mistake not only for themselves but their spouse and their family uh, by not 
why not seeking advice? And it doesn't have to be for me. It doesn't have to be from you, but they should reach out to somebody that they trust. And then the other thing I would just like to, if I might, I'd just like to point out, people should not be afraid of reverse mortgages and annuities. These products have changed a ton and people need to have a frank discussion with a qualified advisor to determine if or how they might fit into their uh, situation. They aren't right for everybody. I used to work with an advisor a long time ago at a big uh, national firm that every day that ended in Y was a great day to buy an annuity. <laughs> Are you a man? You need an annuity. Are you a woman? You need an annuity. Are you breathing? You need an annuity. That's not how annuities should be sold. I think you know that and so do I, but I just, since you're kind enough to give me this forum, for any of your listeners that are listening, reverse mortgages are different, um, annuities are different, and we've got people like you know David Blanchett from Morningstar and uh, Wade Fowle at the American College, uh, Wade being a, a fellow Iowan and friend of mine, um, doing a ton of research on things like this and really exposing what's good and bad about these products. So just, just don't be scared to have a conversation about that or don't shut off your mind just because you heard somebody did something stupid once. Don't, don't do that to yourself. Don't do it to your family. 